0: Hello, and welcome to the 5 Core Life podcast with Will Moore, founder of Moore Momentum. In this episode of the 5 Core Life, Will sits down with special guest Shane Feldman to discuss Shane's personal struggles and how he transitioned into success. As a young entrepreneur, Shane built a business, Count Me In, which started as a high school project and now has grown to become so much larger. Count Me In is a global social entrepreneurship incubator aimed at motivating high school and college students around the world by building community and connecting with others. Shane shares his eight key values, gratitude, growth, inclusivity, individuality, integrity, optimism, sustainability, and thoughtfulness, and details his transition from struggles to success. Shane's story shows that it's never going to be a smooth ride. Shane found his purpose allowing him to hit the reset button and change where he was headed. Some tips Shane shares include how important it is to make goals, take breaks throughout the day, and recognize a single win each day in order to keep your momentum going. Are you ready to fire on all cylinders? If so, let's go. Everyone has the same five core areas of their life that ultimately determine how happy they'll be. Unfortunately, most of us have developed failure habits in each, and it's Will Moore's mission to help replace those with success habits to maximize momentum. After exiting his business for a combined nine-figure sum, Will learned it's not just about becoming an entrepreneur of your career, but an entrepreneur of the most important business you'll ever run, your life. And to crush it in your life requires firing on all cylinders in your five cores by continually taking action, building habits, and maintaining balance in each.
1: What's up, hey, buddy? Hey. How are you? Outstanding. How are you? I'm great, man. Yeah, so this is, like I said, I'm, I'm in Michigan. I'm a, normally, I do this out of Chicago. I'm in Michigan. Uh, my wife's uh, parents' lake cottage, and we're just enjoying the beautiful weather. It's gorgeous out. So as much as I love talking to you, I can't wait to be out there as well. <laughs> I hear that. Well,
2: it's a rainy day here in Toronto, so you can keep me as long as, long as you need.
1: Dude, we'll we'll, we'll we'll keep going. I, sometimes these things last 20 minutes, sometimes they last, last an hour. We'll we'll go as long as it goes. Um, so, yeah, I was just telling, you know, I, I got mad respect for you at your young age to have figured out some of these things that you seem to have figured out so far. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your journey and how you got here and what you're doing? Sure, yeah. It's
2: definitely been a journey and learning and growing every day. I just maybe started a little bit sooner than than some because this whole journey for me really started back in high school. So the idea for Count Me In, uh, which I started as this small high school project, which today is a, a global social entrepreneurship incubator. We've launched more than 30,000 projects now in 104 countries. Uh, it was only ever supposed to be this small club for me and 50 kids in my high school. Uh, so it's Gotta been a journey these last 12 years watching mm-hmm. it scale and grow. Uh, and now we have curriculum and, and programs and deep dive uh, incubators for high school and college students around the world uh online and in person when there isn't a global pandemic uh so you know for for me it all came down to how do we build community how do we connect with people in a way that is meaningful and gives their life a little more purpose the whole idea was sparked for me because i was a really lonely kid back in high school moved around a lot after my parents divorce had a really difficult time making friends finding my place and so this whole concept was really just kind of like my cheat sheet way of finding friends, meeting people, and trying to find my own community. And in the process, of course, I learned a lot about what it takes to build a true community, how to connect with people, that people really are what matter most. Uh, And now the journey has taken me around the world. I've researched community leadership and innovation in more than 28 countries. uh, And my whole life is now dedicated to helping others build more rich relationships and communities
1: in their own lives both at home with their friends with their family and at work dude so let me just pause here for a second i mean this is what it's about right so you're you're doing this at, at a very young age and you know as an entrepreneur we talk a lot about this about that on this show i always tell people that i like to kind of sneak in the side door and say you know because i i went the entrepreneur route and then um i became was able to build a business, sell it, and, and have a nice little exit, and I, I kind of feel like that gives me the credibility to come in the side door and be like, hey, guess what? This is what becoming an entrepreneur is really about. And it's about becoming an entrepreneur of your life and running the most important business you're ever going to, which is your happiness, and there's these different pillars, and I know you have, I think you said eight different, what do you call them, pillars, cores, what do you call yours? We have eight core values that count me. Core up. values. So we'll talk about those shortly. And I have the, the five cores of mine and the five core life, obviously. So they, they, there's definitely a lot of overlap. Mm-hmm. And I love that you've got this story where you struggled. And you basically just said, and this is what it's all about. You you picked a passion. Or I shouldn't say you picked a passion. You 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 had a passion for wanting to better yourself. And through that, And that's what I always tell people. You will never be able to grow a business, to grow your happiness, to grow anything in life if you're not passionate about it. And it's amazing to me how many people just kind of go through the motions and they think that, well, this seems like it'd be a good business. And then they just do it and they have zero passion really for it. But it's it's a, you know, they go through the motions and then sure enough, you know, when the tough times come, if you don't have that, like, I'm going to push through and I'm going to make this happen, and you know, because you have it. In, in creating what you created. I mean, how many tough times have been there, there been, right? I'm sure it oh, hasn't been all yeah. smooth sailing, right? You've had to push through and, and, and it's because of this, in, this fire inside of you and being like, this is what I want. And then you started seeing progress and things becoming better and better and growing. And then all of a sudden it started taking on a life its own. And then it really picked up momentum and speed. Right? Sure. But that
2: passion doesn't just sit there. It's not like I was born with this fire. That's something that you generate and Anyone can generate that. And I think passion is almost like, it's, it's too overused these days. And I think it can almost be daunting for some people that don't feel like they have a passion. And I do good point. firmly believe that you can generate that feeling, generate that fire from within and, and spark that independently. It takes work, it takes intention, but you can do it. But more importantly, I think, is purpose having especially today a higher purpose doesn't matter what the physical function of your job is whether you're an entrepreneur starting your own business working for a company you can find and uncover a deeper meaning and purpose in the actual day-to-day work that you're doing and once you connect to that and you see the impact that you can have whether you are a secretary a frontline worker serving at a restaurant or running your own company doesn't matter you can find that higher purpose that opportunity for impact and once you connect to that Ooh, that is like just dousing that flame within you, and it's going to bring your productivity and your your meaning
1: to a higher level. So that's a really good point. And, you know, the word – it's funny. When you said the word passion, you know, it can get overused, and and, and I say the same thing about, you know, certain phrases in in this realm of what we're in when – and, you know, there's that fine line of, like, people being like, oh, there goes somebody trying to tell me to pursue my passion again. And, some, and, and uh, you know, the word self-help and some of these phrases that people just, like, roll their eyes at.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then, you know, and but then actually connecting with this stuff and then realizing, oh, wait, this isn't just this stuff that, you know, these these cheesy people are saying. This is actually what the, the meaning of life is, and this is mm-hmm. the key. And so I, I love that you've kind of started figuring that stuff out and realized that, you know, like you said, you know, passion, purpose to me, those things, there's different ways to say it. There's, I always say there's a lot of different ways to skin the cat. There's different words different that people use, but at the end of the day, right, it's it's basically figuring out what is going to make you happy at the end of the day and what is going to light that fire for you and then taking action on it every day and then letting it create a life of its own, right? Passion, purpose, but right, I mean, purpose is a, is, is another great term. You know, it's like you, you just want to have sort of like, and, and you got to have those goals, right? And you got to—you don't necessarily have to get stuck on being like, okay, this is where I want to be and I have to be exactly there. It's more like, okay, this is in general where I know I want to head. And this, every time I start to head that way, I, I start to feel warm and fuzzy inside and passionate or, you know, and then as you start to do it, you're going to have twists, turns. It's never going to be a straight line, but you pivot, you recruit, you fail forward, you know, you make all these mistakes, and then you're still heading in that direction. And, and... those
2: pivots almost become more seamless because you know exactly what to do in a given situation when you're connected to that purpose, right? When you're connected to that deeper meaning. I, I mean, thinking about just the last week, our world has turned upside down and this conversation has been ramped up to new levels around racism and inclusion, both in America and around the world. And, when you are connected to a higher purpose and a higher meaning, I mean, here we are two white guys having a really meaningful conversation, but there's a bigger conversation going on out there and one that certainly us at Count Me and had to address in some very meaningful ways because it's connected. We have three of our eight core values, which I know we'll get to later, are connected to inclusion and accessibility and really celebrating everyone in the world for who they are, meeting them, where they're at. So we had to be a part of this conversation, right? I also have a chief catalyst second in command, at me in, who's a, a strong leader and an African-American voice uh, that, that we've been using and putting out there as much as we can, because we need to hear those voices now more than ever. And I, I find that there's so many people out there that find discomfort in those conversations. They don't know how to approach them. They'd rather just stay quiet. But when you're quiet, that's making a very loud statement. And I wanna say that again. I agree. A really loud statement. But when you're connected to the purpose, you're not going to be quiet because you know exactly what to say. You know exactly how to approach those situations because you're connected to those values. You're connected to that purpose, that meaning, and you just know how your higher self would approach that, so you approach it in that way.
1: That's really funny you use the term higher self. I use that all the time too. And, right, it sounds like we do have a lot of crossover with with kind of the way we look at the world. And so to me, it's like, right, it's exactly what you're saying. When you, and you use the term, you know exactly what to say. Not necessarily knowing exactly what to say, but knowing in your heart what the right thing is to do. It might not come out right, right? You know, it might be, but I, it's like, this is the direction I need to head. This is what I need to stand for. Taylor Swift is a good example of that. So there's all these, so you just pointed out, all these people are being quiet. And that, and I love how you said that, that that's saying a lot when you when you don't say anything, right? Um, we had this blackout day yesterday. I read some controversy about that this morning, about how, you know, some people were using that, and, and I don't know if you've been following this stuff, but I won't go down that rabbit hole, but sticking to the Taylor Swift thing, I really like that I, – I, I don't know if you saw her documentary on Netflix. I've always I've always been a, a Tay-Tay. Uh, yeah, I, I think her music's awesome, and I don't care what people say about it. You know, like, oh, what? You like Taylor Swift? Yes, I like her. She's freaking awesome. She's got a great <laughs> voice. But then when I saw her documentary, I was like, good for you. So she had that moment, you said you mm-hmm. saw it, where yep. – She's like, do I come out and speak my truth about the president and how I feel? And this isn't a political conversation. This is more just speaking your truth. And I just love, you know, regardless of what side you're on, speaking up and speaking your truth. And she knew she was going to get slack for it. She knew she was going to potentially lose a lot of her fan base that were on that other side of the Mm -hmm. the fence. But you know what? She said, this is my truth and I can't keep quiet anymore. And since then, she's continued to come out and she's doing it in a very, she's doing it in the right way. Right. She's not just using expletives and, and 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 going off and letting her emotions take over when she sends these tweets or these posts or whatever, she's using a lot of thought and intelligence behind them and saying, this is how I feel. This is, you know, what I stand for. And, you know, not just getting caught up in, and, and I just think I have a, so much respect for that. And it just kind of mm-hmm. ties into our conversation where it's like, if you believe something strongly and you're letting other people kind of dictate what you're, how you're going to express that or, or not, not express that, you're really doing yourself a disservice and you're never going to be able to live your purpose like we were just talking about. It's true. And you, you feel it in the,
2: the actual remarks themselves. There's a level of thoughtfulness and intention that go into it. And again, when you're connecting to uh, that, that opportunity for impact or that meeting or your higher self, that's going to become seamless it's going to be part of your dna and your action and when you when you start ritualizing that and building in habits where you're able to actually connect to that impact and that opportunity on a daily moment to moment basis you're going to find yourself just sliding into those conversations and also in the
1: process building some
2: more rich relationships in in your life
1: right well so got now now we're definitely in sync you're talking about habits you're talking about your cores. so right so you know, my, my 10,000 foot view on what I'm trying to help people with, which is so much crossover, it sounds like, is figure out what it is. You know, I feel like we all share kind of these main areas. And it sounds like you, you kind of feel the same way. To me, it's the, your mindset, it's your career and your finances, it's your relationships, it's your physical health, and it's your emotional health and giving back. And to me, my whole thing is figure out how to shine a spotlight in your life and see whatever failure habits you might have developed in each of these areas and now let's get to work on replacing those with success habits. Because as you just mentioned, habits, it's what it's all about. We're like running on autopilot. Our brain's always trying to conserve energy. And we picked up a lot of these bad habits and they're killing us. They're, they're causing that negative momentum in our lives. And if you do want to reach your purpose and fire on all cylinders and kill it out there, you do, you gotta figure out you know, what it is that based on universal principles, on universal truths that is gonna for sure take you in that right direction and then take action on those things and just keep doing them until they become a part of you. So why don't you tell us about your eight core values and, and how habits relate? And we'll get in a little bit of that. Sure. I mean,
2: it they go hand in hand because our our values, every single one. When we identified these at Count Me and as an organization, we knew we couldn't just put words up on a wall and uh, kind of leave it there. So every single uh, of our every single one of our core values come with an activation statement and then a reflective question. So the idea is the activation statement kind of tees you up for success. It's something you would ask yourself or, or say yourself at the beginning of the day, and then the reflective question is a moment to moment reflection you can make, or at the end of the day, if you wanna think back to if you actually embodied that value. So number one is gratitude. We start everything with gratitude always. So gratitude, the activation statement is we celebrate wonder. And then the reflective question is how did I celebrate someone today? Then growth is our second core value. And the statement is we create opportunities for impact. And then the reflective question is how was I a catalyst for the development of others today? Then inclusivity, we create safe environments for all. Very important one uh, today, this week, and always. And then the reflective question is, how did I offer radical acceptance today? Individuality, we believe everyone has value. And the question is, how did I demonstrate courage and take initiative today? Number five, integrity, we are unapologetically authentic. And the question is, how did I demonstrate my core values today? So Kind of wraps everything together. Uh, Six is optimism, we choose enthusiasm and hope always and the question is how did i embrace a challenge with confidence today we feel that confidence is directly tied to optimism and and vice versa seven uh two more left seven is sustainability we are socially responsible in all that we do and we have to ask ourselves how did i build for the future today and that's both a socially conscious statement but also how do we create something that is sustainable in and of itself? How do we create evergreen products and solutions that are going to make a greater impact on the long run? And number eight is thoughtfulness. We wholeheartedly show up for everyone we serve. And we always ask ourselves, how did I lead with curiosity and empathy today? I think that's an interesting one to to land on at the end, because I really do believe that curiosity is the antidote to judgment and intolerance. And if we live and lead with more curiosity, Not only will you end up gaining more wisdom and knowledge and connect with others in a more rich,
1: inclusive way, but we're also going to have a lot less hate and a lot less fear. Those are great, man. And uh, yeah, so like I was saying at the beginning of the show, there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, principles and values, they are what they are. And they've been around since the beginning of time. They're going to be around till the end. And you can't really cheat the system. And so you're packaging in a way and I love how you're doing it. And you're asking yourself these questions every day. And right. So kind of like what you said at the end, to me, it's like, whether they're, you know, whether they're looking at it the way through my lens or your lens, it's basically the same lens at you get to the same place, which is if you live a certain way, based on principles that are have been proven throughout time to lead to happiness, growth, you know, success, you hate prejudice, what's going on in the world right now, that stuff will go away, as cheesy as that sounds, because if that's what you're living your life by, right. like there will no, there won't be wars. Teen suicide won't be an all-time high, mm-hmm. right? There won't be these riots that are going on right now because we're all on the same page. We're working together, right? Some of these things that you're talking about, when you ask yourself that question every day, if you're being honest and if you're actually taking it seriously, that stuff's not going to happen. And that's no. that's my mission and I love that it sounds like that's your mission as well, to kinda of help Definitely. as many people to get on that same page so we can all yeah, grow together. Yeah.
2: And then, on a, you know, selfishly, it's also going to make me feel better, right? Because if you want to reach more joy and more happiness, which is how I define success, living every day with the most epic levels of joy that I can, that has to fundamentally come from some element of contribution. And giving this, back, in, yeah. In, in the chat here, actually said, they, they come Jay J. Malibrin98 said, our days of existence will be worthless if we haven't done anything for humanity. And while I think charity is great, contribution is great, also fundamentally, it's just if you live in such a way that you're actually connecting and contributing just by by nature of how you live and how you work, you're gonna feel better. You're gonna feel more connected. You're gonna find more joy, again, regardless of the physical
1: function of your job. It's it's so true. And right, That so that ties to my fifth core, emotional health and then the giving back section. You know, it's in our nature, we're primal to to wanna take as much as we can to survive, right, and our brains haven't quite evolved yet even though we've evolved as a society and it's no longer beneficial to, to you know, we're not going to get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger if we don't, you know, uh, or we're not going to starve if we don't hog yeah. and, and, and get greedy with all the rations. But that's, that's, that's that still in our kind of wired. And so we all have that like more, 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 take, take, greed, greed type of thing, like kind of in the back of our, as I would say, your lower self brain. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're not thinking about it and if you're just going on autopilot again you're on you're doing these habits they there and you're taking and, and screwing people over and these types of things then there's something in your soul and you, you're gonna know and it's just right. you're no matter how much you get you're never gonna be fulfilled and you're never gonna get that like what you and i are talking about as two people that are now actually being able to give back on a higher level and reach more people and see how good that feels but even if it's just one person like even if you like help a friend, like talk them through a tough time. Like everybody's at least probably had that experience. How good does that feel? (laughs) Like, wow, words that I just said has made this person feel better. And then as you just said, from a selfish perspective, that's the best thing you can do for yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hey, what a win-win. If I help somebody else, I'm actually helping myself more so than if I were to just screw them over and take from them. So preach, if we have it right? So if we could get there, man, we, we, we'd have something sweeter than you who, we just gotta, we gotta get everybody on the same page.
2: I hear that. And, and we can, right? I, I think it can be very disheartening or, or challenging when you look out of the world. And I'm sure a lot of people watching right now, I'm sure you have felt like the other, right? It's like, okay, obviously you're watching this right now because this resonates with you. And I'm sure you're reading all the self-help books and you're into personal development. You're watching all the YouTube videos. You're listening to the podcast. That's amazing. And sometimes that can feel also very isolating when you go out into the real world. You're out at Starbucks and at the table or you're, you know, walking to the store, whatever it is, and you're surrounded by all these people that aren't reading the books, aren't listening to the podcast, don't subscribe to these ideals, but you need to know that I don't care if you're a speaker, a thought leader, whatever. I don't care what you, what you do or how you identify, you have the opportunity to add to that conversation, to lead to that shift, to help people see things just a little bit differently. Um, You know, right now that might look like speaking up if you hear someone say something racist or offensive. It could look like, you know, sharing a positive thought with uh, a friends as you're hanging out and, and drinking on Friday night, right? Um, or when you're hanging on, on Zoom and playing games with your, with your family or catching up, you can actually share something you learned that week, right? There are ways that we can go about inserting these ideas into conversations regularly that'll help others maybe open up their minds, open up their perspective. But it starts with speaking up, with sharing that voice. And again, remembering that in every context, being silent is the loudest statement of all.
1: I love it. I love it. That's just, that's so true. So how did you come up with, at such a young age, how did you get to this place? So you said, you mentioned you struggled um, a, a bit earlier, which we have parallels there. I, I, I call it my rock bottom bounce when I was actually in college. So I am, I'm older than you. Um, and so I had that. And it's, it, it just spurred this, like, I have to reinvent myself. There's no option. There's no choice. And I'm going to. And I know there's something better out there. And I started like, reading these self-help books and I became this insatiable self-help beast. And now here we are 25 years later, and you know this is what I've, I've decided that I wanna now do to help the world. So how did you get to, at such a young age, how did you discover this stuff? So this this journey for me started with that small school project,
2: that first event that I was looking to plan to motivate 50 kids in my own school to get involved, to connect with one another's and also connect with local volunteer opportunities or internships. That first event uh, that I thought was going to be for 50 kids, we had 386 students from seven schools show up. It's amazing. And that, well, it was amazing and also a huge eye-opening moment of, okay, we're tapping into something. This is, this is exciting and meaningful and I'm not the only one that feels lost or lonely or feels like there's more to life than homework. and And there's something more and we need to connect with one another to find these meaningful opportunities. So that first event, was kind of like the pilot project for Count Me and The next year we planned an event for over a thousand students. Then we wanted to scale. I started growing our team. We started looking at curriculum add-on materials. We started looking at touring to different schools, working with other speakers, designing all kinds of online programs before online courses were a thing. Uh, And then by 2015, uh, so that that all started, I I started high school in, in 08. And then 2011 was our first big event. And then by 2015, our team had tripled in size. And we were gearing up for our first live global broadcast. So we were working with TV networks and these big directors. And we were streaming our show around the world. Uh, More than 100 countries were tuning in. And we were reaching these millions, millions of people around the world. We had all these celebrities taking part. It was incredible. I was barely 20 years old at the time. And I was in charge. Which was... Insane, and I look young now. Like this is—I'm—I'm I'm turning 26, and I—I I could still pass as an unaccompanied minor on a plane. <laughs> so imagine how young I looked at 20, right? right. So um, it—it was—it was ridiculous. It looked like a toddler was producing this show. And I learned a lot, and I was learning as I went, and it was a huge success. And it was also one of the most challenging experiences of my life because of all the things going on behind the scenes that people didn't even realize. Because if you were watching that show live or watching me on the morning shows or the national evening news, whatever it was, you would have seen this young success story. Right. And what people couldn't see or possibly know was that hidden behind my smile and all this young success was that I was deeply struggling. And at this time, producing this big event, I was as lonely as I had ever felt which I, the irony is not lost to me, you know, I'm building this global movement, millions of people around the world, thousands of Facebook friends and fans online, but I felt totally disconnected from them all. And to add to this, directly following the broadcast, I had two back-to-back experiences that formed kind of this collective wake-up call. Uh, and I love surfing as well compared to this. It's kind of like when that first big wave comes and you, and you catch it and it feels awesome, you know there's a second even better wave, even bigger wave coming right after. So the first wave that hit me was uh, I, I had to deal with the uh, coming to the realization that I was in a very toxic relationship with my boyfriend at the time. So I had to come to terms with that and then exit that relationship and that, that was borderline traumatic. It was a lot for me to go through. And just as I was dealing with the recovery of that codependency, I was hit with the other wave where there was this online smear campaign that was led against me. And dealing with the PR and legal nightmare of, you know, calling out these false claims was hard enough. And then I found out that the person behind the smear campaign was actually my best friend of eight years. Oh my gosh. And she was trying to steal my IP and the legal battle wow. that ensued with someone that I thought was my most trustworthy confidant, it nearly broke me.
1: Were you still on good terms at this stage or had you already gone I separate ways? I thought we were. Wow
2: and then swiftly that changed overnight. Wow. So that that was a heartbreaking moment and I didn't trust anyone for quite some time after that. It took a lot of healing and a lot of growth. So those two back-to-back experiences were what kind of opened my mind up to how much growth I had left to do that I uh, you know that I felt so broken and I felt so hopeless in so many ways, and I just had to escape it all, and I felt this insatiable need to just recalibrate, to put my life on pause, and to go figure out who the heck I was and who I wanted to be. And then, as as the universe would have it, the moment I put that intention out there into the world, I got this email from an organization in Asia, and they wanted to partner with Count Me In, and so they reached out, to actually have me come visit them for for a meeting out in Asia. And so they sent me this this plane ticket and flew me out and I said yes without thinking about it. And that turned into a, a one-month backpacking adventure which then turned into a five-year research journey through 28 countries now. And it fundamentally changed my life and my work forever. Uh, so. I'm, so they I'm, so, so it's
1: with partnering. Team. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, so just to be clear, so just this part. So you you started working with them, and part of that involved you going to all these different countries. So no, just the first. I mean, they flew me out because they wanted to partner with me and count me in, and mm-hmm. I just kind of
2: took that plane ticket at the time I couldn't afford a plane ticket overseas I'd never flown even half right. that that distance before and so that was kind of like my foot in the door of okay I'm going to travel somewhere I've never gone I'm going to leave everything behind I'm going to put work and life on pause for a month and I thought that was it I thought I was just going to go and go to you know Malaysia and Thailand and you know go see the world and experience different cultures and it just opened my eyes to this whole world outside of North America that I had barely skim the surface of to that point, certainly not wow. put my feet on the soil in any of those countries, uh, and so that that opportunity, that first opportunity is what led to uh, our independent research trips around the world, uh, which you know has now taken us across all five continents
1: that amazing so I mean that's just such the epitome, and like we started the show, kind of you know you you it's never going to be a smooth ride. And But you, you you found your purpose and you knew that what you were doing, you were on the right track. And you kind of hit the reset button and said, okay, you know, and, and you, you kind of put it out there and you said, where am I headed? This is, you know, I've just been whacked in the face twice really hard. And it's either, and, and I call it, it goes to my first core, it's either a fixed victim or a growth owner. A fixed victim would have said, poor me, you know, this sucks, like the world's out to get me and just sort of let, let their momentum slow and let the world just kind of eat them up and, and not taking any action moving forward. A growth owner, on the other hand, which is what you were able to demonstrate, says, you know what, this is just a bump in the road and this absolutely sucks, but what am I learning from it? How am I going to grow from it? And how am I going to pivot? And what is my next step? To get to where I know I eventually want to be. So, what is the opportunity. What is the
2: opportunity? That's the mm-hmm. question I ask myself as as frequently as I can through it every single day. Uh, whether it's a, a challenge or whether it's a hard time, whether it's a, an exciting time, uh, it's always what is the opportunity here? The opportunity for growth. The opportunity for impact.
1: Love it, love it. Growth, owner mindset. That's it, man. And that's that goes back to what we were saying earlier. You know, if everybody could um, somehow figure out you're not a victim you're you're not just born the way you are and there's nothing Mm -hmm. you can do about it you can create anything that you want and god again even just saying that because there's there's so many people that go out and they say these things but they don't back it up and they don't show people how to do it and help them and you know i feel like there's a lot of negative stigma with the whole self-help like oh you you know you can do it and you've got everything within you and it's like but at the end of the day like we were saying earlier like there are principles on this planet in the universe that are just you can't cheat them you can't deny them and one of the main ones is figuring out you know what 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 revs your engine and gets you excited and then just continue to keep taking action on it knowing that you've going to have some strengths that are going to help you you're going to have some weaknesses that might cause some stumbles along the way figure out how to outsource those figure out how to partner with other people that can help you know So you don't have to make that a big central part of your world. Use those strengths that you have, that you were gifted with or that you're developing. And then you'll start to develop that confidence. And then Mm -hmm. your perception will start to change. And all of a sudden, the world looks different than it did a month ago, two months ago. And then as you start to build that momentum, I mean, that's just – you can hear it in my voice because I've I've gone from the absolute lowest point you can be as a human, in my opinion, uh, just about – and to, to, to building this over the years. And again, it's the law of compounding. That's another one of these universal principles you can't really cheat. Uh, although you, you did a pretty good job so far and that you've been able to create such a huge amount of momentum and success in such a short period of time. But at the same time, like I said, you look young, but it's been a five, six year journey, right? It's not like it happened 12, overnight. 12 years. Excuse me, 12 years. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's that law of step-by-step day by day, just believe in what you're doing, keep doing it, push through the bad times, like you got whacked, you got hit off, off your wave, I think is your analogy, which I like. Uh, and then you got to just get back up. And what's so hard to do, though, is if you don't have that purpose, like you're saying, if you don't have that sort of like higher, all right, where am I headed? What am I really about? What, what is it that I want to get out of this? earth On my funeral, on my deathbed, when I'm being eulogized, what do I want people to say about me? Right, and if you don't have that, and you're just living day to day, paycheck to paycheck, moment to moment, being pulled in all these different directions by all these different people and all these different products that are trying to sell you, right, for nine ninety nine for the secret of the universe, you're screwed. You're screwed. Yeah, and this,
2: everything that you're saying, I agree with, and it's not like woo woo universe stuff. It, it's also fundamental psychology, and if if anyone listening right now is an outspoken nerd like I am, then dive into the research because the science is amazing. And we now know that, especially in times like this, when so many people are home and away from their regular environments, all you need to do is give yourself one win a day, just one actual opportunity for real momentum in your work and life. And And I don't mean working out or having that healthy meal, like all that's important, and, and all that self-care you should be doing every single day, but that's a given. I'm talking about one concrete thing that will actually contribute to the progress of your, your life and your work, whether it's one email, one phone call. Isn't it amazing? One so straight in that dead stone, right? Uh, so, but just that one thing will, will give you the momentum you need, which is the birthplace of our motivation.
1: One day at a time, one step at a time, it's so true. And it sounds so simple. You're like, one thing, I can do that. But what do we try to do as humans? We try to do 50 things at the same time, and then we stop all of them because yes. we're like, I'm overwhelmed, this is too yeah. much. And that's the exact, right, that's, that's another, that's one of those failure habits that, that we, yeah. we develop. We wanna be everything and all, we, we see that 18 that, that year old who just made $10 billion and we're like, mm-hmm. I wanna be that guy, I can do that. Right. Like, so I'm just gonna do all this stuff and it's like, it's like those New Year's resolution people, right? They go to the gym and they're just killing it for two, one day, two, maybe a week, tops. And then they're just like, whoa, I can't keep this up. It reminds me of one of my favorite quotes
2: ever, which comes from Simon Herbert, or sorry, uh, Herbert Simon, and he is a Nobel Prize winning economist. And he says that an abundance or wealth of information leads to a poverty of attention. And I just think that's brilliant. And we can think about it the same way when it comes to our productivity and multitasking, right? If you actually go all in, laser focused on one goal, one mission, one task, Block, time, block out your time the way that I do, then you're gonna get way more done, feel better in the process,
1: and not feel overwhelmed like you're being stretched in a hundred different directions. 100%, and that goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. It's about becoming an entrepreneur of your life, not just business, you know? And right. in business, as an entrepreneur, I learned my, my old business, Doorstep Delivery, that we ended up exiting out of. We mm-hmm. we tried alcohol delivery, right? It was a restaurant <laughs> delivery service, right? So it was like a Grubhub, a DoorDash, and, and Uber Eats. And sure. we had a good we had a good formula and but we got greedy or I don't know if greedy is the word, but we're like, oh, well, let's try this over here. Let's try this over here. And we tried all these. Different, none of them worked. And we just sounds spun our distracted. wheels. Distracted. What? It sounds distracting. It distracted us. It slowed our momentum. It slowed our momentum. We could have, you know, we, we would have been further, farther, faster, bigger, stronger had we not wasted our time with these things. And it goes to your point, right? Mul- somebody I just saw somebody write on here too: multitasking there's no such thing by the way anybody that says that they're a good multitasker if you ever are interviewing somebody they're full of it because it's actually our brains i read i can't remember the author i wish i could pull it right now but our brains actually aren't able to process two things at the same time and and in a brighter wider scheme of that that's why we're better at just laser focusing like you said on one project one task and knowing this and, and having, and it can't just be anything like, oh, I don't really, I'm not really into this, but I'm just, it, you tie that with, with the passion, purpose, whatever you want to call it, of something that you know, like there's something here and I love getting up doing this every day. And right. then just stick at it and don't try to go in too many directions and get pulled by all these outside forces. Military, get
2: military focused on that one thing and you'll see that you're going to perform way better than you ever have before.
1: Right. And you're going to find that there, it's not crowded. When, when, when you excel and then you start to gain that confidence and momentum and you become an expert and people start listening and, and all of a sudden, you know, all those people that are just okay at all these different things because they're trying to do all these different things at the same time, you then become like the person that people turn to and are like, this person knows way more and, and, and is really good at this one thing. But it's amazing how it's just not in our DNA to, to do that naturally. You have to, like you said, you have to be disciplined and you have to get military focused and, and make a commitment to yourself and say, right. this is what I'm going to do. And I am not going to allow myself. And that's why goals are so important. And I preach to the heavens about goals. And goals help you, even though, you, like I said earlier, you don't want to get locked and loaded and, and so caught up in the minuscule of goals. But you want to have the broader goals. Like this is where I want to end up. This is where I want to be in the midterm. This is what I need to do immediately. And you may be pivoting. It's not going to be a straight line. But if you at least know where you're headed, you're not gonna let those things grab you and distract you like so many of us do.
2: And if you don't know where you're headed, then how are you tracking your progress, right? I wake right. up every single day and my first thing I do is lay out my goals for the day and then I reflect on that at night when I journal in the evening. And it's the only way that I'm actually able to measure and, and actually track my progress and momentum. And if you're not doing that, if you're not waking up and setting out your goals for the day, if you're not reflecting every evening, then you have no way to actually track how well you're doing, right? And what, what is that momentum? So no wonder you're not feeling as motivated all the time. No wonder your energy is flatlining at 3 p.m. every single day because you're not attached to actual concrete, clear as paper goals.
1: Yeah. Dude, totally. And it goes back to that whole victim versus owner. As a victim, you, you don't have goals and you allow yourself to just be pulled in whatever mm-hmm. direction. And nowadays in this instant generation with a million things coming at you, Think about like what kind of life is that to let other people decide which way you're headed that day or where you're going and just have your head down in the sand and just doing checking off to do's off your list without any real purpose of where you're going to end up. I mean, what an awful way. And then you put that with the law of compounding. Where's somebody like you and me who, uh, you know, set goals and realize the importance of them early on and, and now, you know, I'm an older version of you, you know, where, where you know, you can end up to, with it. And, and you've obviously accomplished amazing things in such a short period of time. I, I think you'd agree with me. Without goals, that literally wouldn't have been possible.
2: And, and taking control of my time and my agenda. You know, goals is part of that. But also, I remember the days when I used to wake up and first thing I did was check my email. Before I brushed my teeth, I was, I was already reacting to other people's priorities mm-hmm instead of taking ownership of my day, my life, and my agenda.
1: 100%, right. That's exactly it, right. You got to be that, that owner that says, I'm going, I'm in charge of this ship, nobody else. Yeah. I'm going to steer it where I want it to go. And these things are going to try to distract me, take me off course, make it a game, make it fun. Um, that's yeah. part of what this app I'm developing is about. It, it's, it's gamifying the whole experience, right? I don't know if you know about this, but it's, it's your, this rocket ship and you have these five cores and they're the cylinders of your engine. <laughs> And you got to make sure you maintain balance and, are, and each one of them you're developing, uh, you're stopping the failure habits in each each day and you're trying to replace them with success habits. But you start one step at a time. You start with one core, one habit. And then mm-hmm. each day and as you progress, you're going to different planets, different galaxies, you're leveling up your ship, you're meeting aliens, you're, you know, and it's using this whole, you know, what I've learned or I've read many books on addiction and, and you know, the... Uh, Dopamine and these things that trigger our brains and why we get so addicted to these apps and these things, and so it's like trying to use these failure devices, our phones, mm-hmm. uh, which a lot of people, I should say, use for failure devices, using tech but using it to level up, not only on the screen but in life. And so as you level up on screen, you're also leveling up in life. Versus that hollow victory of playing one of these one of these games, which I admit, I do. Uh, Words with friends and Clash of Clans, two games that I still play it's It's one of those things I enjoy on my downtime when my wife goes to sleep i I stay up at least an hour later than her'm I'm, I'm a night owl and I'll you know just get in my I'll play my couple games word and it's very satisfying and but yet there's no real other than like in words with friends like you're you're, you're you are kind of you're using I've, i don't know if you've ever played it's like Scrabble are you familiar with it uh no. So I'm familiar with Scrabble. I love Scrabble. It's a similar game to that. You're basically, so there is, you know, you're using your brain. You're trying to outscore the other person with your words. But at the end of the day, the, 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 the rewards are hollow. You get these gold coins and you're leveling up. But it, like I said, in this, the whole idea is you're actually trying to – and so it ties into kind of what we were just talking about earlier. It's like, yeah, you know, you want to make sure that these victories and these things you're doing on a daily basis aren't just hollow. And just try to make it fun in any way you can. Because, right, discipline is one of those words people, they're like, ah, discipline? You mean I got to like work at it? Yeah, unfortunately, there is no way. There is no way to cheat. That's another principle that you just can't get around. You can't cheat it. You can't just, you know, and and even if you are, let's say, a trust fund baby and you have the world handed to you at 18 years old, hey, here's $10 million. Now go. That's actually not, it's almost guaranteed to not make you happy. Because if you haven't developed, The, the stuff that comes along with becoming a happy person before then and you just hand you can hand somebody a, a billion dollars and they won't be happy. Yeah money is a vehicle,
2: right? And it's important and of course it has innate value, but that's not right. handing someone the world. That's handing someone a vehicle and if you're not gassing the vehicle, if you don't have a roadmap, if you, you're never gonna work the thing. It's never going to take you anywhere.
1: Right. And then on the on the flip side when you have figured out how to make money and you figured out these core values, these principles, and you, you know how to get along with other people, you know what it takes to build a business, you know what it takes to to move forward and not quit no matter what and build that discipline within you. You can take all that money away, right? You there's, there's a famous quote about that. I can't think of it right now. Um, but you know, take, take, take all that money away and then just give me a year or two and I'll be right back to where I was.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. I love it. So a uh, a B check, just ask a great question. Is a to-do list effective? Should I have a list on how my day should look like? Absolutely. And I'd love to hear your take on this, but I, every single day I have such a clear rundown where I block out every minute of my day. I know from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed what I am doing, what I'm spending my time on. And of course, there's always room for spontaneity, especially on weekends or if I'm hanging with friends. But I will schedule in social time. I will schedule in calling my mother. I will schedule in... Every meeting, every email, everything that I have to do, which will keep me on track throughout the day. So many people are uh, spending the majority of their time doing small tasks that aren't actually contributing to a larger goal. Uh, most people right now spend an average of at least uh, 30 time, separate times a day just checking their email, right? As opposed to me. God, what a time waster. Uh, we're, right. at, we're at uh, what, 1230 Eastern right now. I still haven't checked my email today which will sound absurd to a lot of people out there, but I I will check my email two or maybe three times a day, depending on the the week and what's going on with my team and and my business and what I know I need to take care of. But otherwise it's okay. The world is going to keep spinning if you only check your email a few times a day. So have that to-do list, have that list of undertakings and
1: stick to it. hundred percent. Right. And, and that goes back into our owner victim conversation. You're letting other people know what to expect, right? I'm an owner of my email of my life. I'm not going to let you just pull me in any direction by sending me an email any time of the day and expecting an answer. I answer my emails once, twice a day. I think this came from Tim Ferriss, Four Hour Work Week. I'm not sure if you yep. read that one, but I, I, I got that from him. And I do the same thing. Like, I don't just, you know, it, it just, if you're just kind of, like I said earlier, you're going from task to task. And oh, I haven't checked my email in five minutes. Like, oh my God, you're never going to get things done. And people yep. are going to learn. When I send them an email, I get a response right away. And so I can learn, and it's, it becomes a manipulation. They don't, may not even realize they're doing it. It may not even be right. a negative thing, but you're allowing yourself to become a victim in that sense. <laughs> so yeah, and to, to, to that comment that we had and to what you said, I'm, I'm slightly different. I, I'm big picture on the same page. Um, I don't schedule out every little thing, but I have a prioritized to-do list that is based on my ultimate. So I have my ultimate goal, I have my long-term, my Mm midterm, and then my short-term goals. And then I basically have a to-do list that I prioritize every night similar to you. At the end of the night, I look, what did I get accomplished today? I try to accomplish the three top things on my prioritized to-do list. And at the end of the night, I always move up. You know, things, again, things change. We pivot. Sometimes something that was super important today, I found out something, uh, or was super important yesterday. I found out today, well, that doesn't, I can move that lower on the list. And so I'm constantly keeping these are the things that are going to help me move towards my goals. And I just make sure that I work on those things. Yeah. For me, it's about focus and energy. So I I know I need
2: to be really mindful about generating my energy. I used to be that person that every afternoon I kind of feel this lull. uh, And it depends on what I'm working on, how much screen time I'm exposed to on a given day. And, you know, when I'm not on the road speaking, my job does require a lot of screen time. Uh, So, I block out my time, which has helped me b- take breaks better. So every 30 minutes, uh, on average, throughout the day, I will stop what I'm doing for two minutes, get down on the ground and do push-ups.
1: Yes, I to do, do too. Dude, That's you it. are. You're That's my brother from another mother.
2: Changes your state, right? It totally. Your and people are like, oh, but you can't, because what if you're in flow? And I'm like, no, no, no. Flow is not a state that takes over you and your body. Flow is a state that you choose to tap into. So you're going to tap right it. back into that flow when you're done the push-ups. And guess what? You're going to probably be even more focused. And even oh, more absolutely. And present because now your blood's flowing, the endorphins are flowing. Blood's you pumping, track, you feel good. Detoxifies. It changes everything.
1: 100%, right. And it's, to me, right, I, I spend a lot of my time, in front of the computer, doing these types of things, and if I don't work in the and push-ups is my thing everybody's different it doesn't have to be push-ups you know some people do pull ups sit ups, whatever get you know get your blood going at the end of the day, I've now worked in a, a success habit uh, of, of playing with my kids at the end of the day we wrestle one's four one's one, about to turn one, and they jump on my back, I literally I do push-ups we wrestle around, I get my heart rate up I'm doing and I'm like this is. And it's so great. And so I'm combining yeah. with my emotional health and my relationships as well, like three cores in one, right? I'm spending time with them, they're joint. we're loving it, we're bonding. Um, and so, yeah, like totally 100%, like you gotta, if, if you're sitting all day, you gotta figure out something, you know, yeah. if it's whether it's your, your, you wanna just do it once on your break. Um, so I know some people, you know, they're in a situation where they don't have the luxury like us of choosing when they can do certain things and maybe they work for somebody else. But usually but you can always I shouldn't say usually you can always figure out a way to work something. And at least once an
2: hour. Doesn't matter what your job is, where you are, you figure out a a two minute break once an hour to do some form of exercise that you can do wherever you are. I don't care if it's jumping jacks, I don't care if it's push ups, I don't care if you're just running on the spot for two minutes. Just do something Mm -hmm. physical to get that blood flowing once an hour and to stand up on your feet.
1: And how do you if you're able? hundred percent. And how do you form that habit? You put it in your phone. That's what I had to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, I, I noticed that there was some day when I was first doing this or some days I was doing the pushups and some days I wasn't doing as much and it was sporadic. And if you want something to become automatic and a habit to where it's like your brain's just going to do it and you're going to build that positive momentum, whether you're thinking about it or not. I, I like to have, I use my scheduler, right? So I put it in as a reminder, every hour pushups, ups mm-hmm. And, again, admittedly, it wasn't every time. And, and my, I actually got this from my my wife's husband um, who said there was this push-up challenge that he learned about. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. And sure enough, that thing pops up, and it's right there. And then, again, it's like you make that choice. Which way do you want to go in life? Are you going to do those push-ups? Are you going to keep that commitment you made to yourself? Or are you just going to be like, oh, I'll do them next time? And, you know, don't get down on yourself. If it doesn't all – you're not going to do them 10 – you know – all 10 times a day for every day, you know, you're gonna miss a few first, but if you just, if you keep doing them or maybe you just say, I'm just gonna do one today. And then, you know, the next week, I'm gonna do two, two of these today. And then you will, like you're saying, you, then you get in the habit and you're doing, all of a sudden you're doing them four or five times in a day um, for these breaks. And they're becoming automatic to where you're like, it that feels wrong if you're not doing it. Right, right. It's like, whoa, I missed it. Whoa, something's wrong, I don't feel great. And right. then it's like your body, your mind is working for you. That's, that's what's so cool about it. That's it. And then on days like today, like you said, it's beautiful
2: out there. You can actually go outside for two minutes, get some fresh air, get that, that nature hit that we all need more of and uh, and enjoy those push-ups or that running on the spot or go for right. a walk and, and do it outside.
1: 100%. And speaking of that, my man, this has been unbelievable. I am going to get outside and spend some time Love with my family who's out there waiting for me to go on enjoy. the boat. Enjoy it. Um so great me and you you you're awesome dude. Uh, congrats and and again my hats off to you. I you know I didn't figure out a lot of this stuff until way later in life and so you've clearly had your difficult times and you just you said you know what? I'm going to push through it and I'm going to do it and this folks is the result. Right? And you've got a lot more years to live and you're only going to keep growing and with that you've got the right mindset. With the right mindset and that's that first core I talk about and and Obviously, you've got that in your system as well. With the right mindset, get moving, build momentum, join the movement.
2: Go to moremomentum.com to take a free life evaluator quiz on where you currently stand in each of your five cores.